minimalists. <laughs> All right. Well, as previously mentioned, uh, you're in for quite a night. Minimalists are about to come up here, but uh, in the meantime, this is a song that you may recognize as minimalist. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding you greed Oh, I bet that you'd be far without it Every little thing that you've gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have all that you reach for and all that you grab oh I bet that you'll be fine without it won't you so tear your eyes away oh tear your eyes away Every little thing sparkles and shines Every little thing that sparkles and shines It's driving you sweetly out of your mind Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes away Oh, tear your eyes Ladies and gentlemen, Canyon City. Oh, thank you so much. Live from the Iron City Theater, welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists, live in Birmingham, Alabama. Woo! Someone, I was doing a radio interview, and someone was asking me, like, well, what's the event going to be like? And I, I saw this video, Ryan, um, where there was this giant snake. It had to be somewhere in northern Florida. Anyone from northern Florida here tonight? It was a giant snake, and it was swallowing this alligator. And this isn't going to be anything like that. We have a special guest with us uh, here tonight. We wanted to talk about money and minimalism, and Ryan and I have a few things that have helped us in our own lives with respect to both of 
those topics and integrating them into our own lives, but we wanted to bring some experts on the road with us this time around. So um, we're going to welcome to the stage a, a guest expert today, and so he'll help us in answering some of these questions. Uh, you might know him as the author of Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those mistakes. Uh, we're going to talk about money, we're going to talk about his journey, and then we're going to talk, most importantly, about you all. Well, we're going to answer your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Anthony O'Neill. All right, so, so Anthony, where'd you grow up? <laughs> Whew. Um, man, I grew up in San Diego, California, and North Carolina. So my biological parents, um, they really liked each other and decided to have me, but just didn't get married. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I split it. Cali, North Carolina, some of them will get that later on. And, and, <laughs> and you're in, you're in uh, Nashville these days. Yes, sir. And um, you have an interesting story because, well, I mean, it almost sounds like, it, was, it sounds terrifying. You were broke, but also there was a point in time when, when you were homeless and you made some, some obvious mistakes in your life with respect to decisions, but also with respect to decisions with money. Oh, Can yeah. you talk about some of those, mis those mistakes that you've made early on in your life? Yeah, sure. Do we have two hours? All right. <laughs> um, I mean, but very quickly, um, Josh, you know, I was 18 years old. Uh, just graduated high school, went out to Long Beach State University there in, uh, out in the L.A., Long Beach area, and I really wanted to just be me. I really wanted to be this grown man. I wanted to impress all the ladies. I wanted to look good, which I do look good, but anyways. Um, and so I, re I, remember, I remember this like it was yesterday. This young lady I first tr ever tried to talk to, she told me, I do not date broke men. See, see, she was like, I said that too. Look at <laughs> um, And so when she said that, I was like, all right, bet, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm broke, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix this right now. So within a matter of six months, you know, man, I went out there, applied for every single credit card I could, applied for every single student loan that I could. And I remember the very first credit card that I got, man, um, you know, I have a real mother who happens to be a very real mother. And she told me, do not get this credit card. You do not need it, Anthony. And within a matter of 13 hours, my first credit card of $500, I maxed it out. The first hour I spent $150 at Red Lobster trying to treat this young lady out to dinner. I love those biscuits though, man. Hey man, the biscuits, <laughs> I can't even stand them right now, bro. That's, that's $2 right there, you know? Like, can't do that one. Um, I had enough of those and uh, paid interest on biscuits. That's nasty. Uh, <laughs> then like the next like three hours, I spent $150 on two dozen of red roses, two boxes of chocolate, um, some balloons and teddy bears. And then back then in those days, in the early 2000s, I don't know if it's still relevant now because I haven't bought a purse in years, but um, I bought a, a Dooney and Burks DB purse. And I was like 200 bucks. My credit card limit was only $500. I spent $500 in a matter of uh, 13 hours. And so, make a long story short, I did exactly what the average American pe person does. I make the small little minimum payment. The company sends me back a letter and says, hey, AO, thank you so much for making your first payment on time. We see that you're in college and you can use some more money. So we've upped your limit from 500 to $1,000 enjoy that is so nice of them it wasn't it 
And I said, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this thing right now. <laughs> 45 minutes is maxed out, man. I went and put a $500 sound system in the back of a black on black 1987 Nissan Maxima. Wait, 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 wait. And it couldn't even go in reverse. The car is, is only worth $1,000 on paper and it has a $500 sound system in it. So, it. so within a matter of six months, man, I went and put $15,000 on a credit card, took out $10,000 in student loans when I didn't even need $10,000 because I was on a scholarship in my father's GI Bill and then put another $10,000 on uh, furniture bills. So I'm, I'm 19 years old, get kicked out of college uh, for participating in hazing, which I totally disagree with. When I get kicked out of college, you know, my mom and dad was like, no, you said you're a grown man, so you're going to fix this issue yourself um, because a grown man doesn't come home. And I was like, cool, no problem. I'm a grown man. I called all my friends, called all my family that I thought were my family and friends. No one accepted me in. I'm 19, sleeping in a Walmart parking lot off of Highway 76 in Oceanside, California for a long period of my life simply because I tried to have the American dream, impress everyone, look like everyone, and it ended me up in the back of my car. You know, we were backstage talking about how uh, I built my first house when I was 22 years old. And wow. of course, the first thing that you feel like doing when you buy this, you build this oversized house is, because I, I had the, the three, there's only two people. It was me and my wife, three bedrooms, three bathrooms, full basement, two living rooms. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with two living rooms? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel compelled to fill every inch of space. Yeah. in the home and the same thing seemed to be true with this credit card you're like I didn't know I needed $500 but now that I have well I have the appearance of $500 I have to fill this yes. this credit card yeah. and so we tend to expand we, we, we expand into what our needs or, or what our perceived means are at the yeah. time and that becomes this dangerous trap I mean the average American has over $16,000 in credit cards mm -hmm. I know at one point I had 14 credit cards in, in my wallet one, one out of 10 Americans has 10 or more active credit cards. And so we're just actively amassing. By the way, we're, we're spending on stuff we don't need, right? We right. spend $1.2 trillion a year Ooh. on non-essential goods. Mm. That's the cheap plastic shit we don't need. And so we're, we're spending money on, on these things that, well, why? Well, I was, I was racking up debt, spending yeah. money I didn't have, yeah. right? to buy things I didn't need, to impress people I didn't know or didn't like. Yes. And that's the situation you were in. You liked one person, she's like, well, I don't date broke people. Yeah. But you went from broke to broke in, mm -hmm. in a way, because that snowballed into this, this entire series of events where you ended up living in a Walmart parking lot because you were living up to someone else's expectations. Yeah. And, and you know what, man? You said something true to impress people. Uh, <clears throat> don't even know. You know, I impressed someone that I like. I, I can't even remember her last name today. Doesn't even know what she looks like today. She can come up to me today. I bought her a purse, and I don't even know. Couldn't even recognize her. Wow. And I got into debt, and I paid interest on her, and I couldn't even identify who she is today. And to me, I'm like, man, we, we so often this younger generation. We so much want to impress. And there's a study that shows out we don't buy now. This generation is not buying to impress their friends. They're buying to impress their friends on social media right. that they've never met. Yeah. And I'm like, we're getting into debt to impress me on social media to get a double like, to get a heart, 
and you don't know me? Right. If you get into trouble financially, I'm not paying your bills. But you got a light. Yeah, yeah good, luck, good luck spending those likes. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, in, in, in your book, I, I, I always skip the introduction of the forward to books. So I read your book uh, a few months ago. Good. And, um, Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as I was going through it, I'm like, why don't they teach college kids this information? I mean, I didn't finish college, but like, I wish I would have been handed this information in high school at some point in time. And then uh, today, I was back in the green room and I was flipping through and I opened up to the foreword. And I think the first paragraph uh, is the foreword's written by Dave Ramsey. And, and he was like, hey, these are the things that they should actually be teaching in right. college. Right. And I remember seeing this. And why aren't we empowering the youth? to make responsible decisions with their money. It seems to me that we're doing the opposite right now. Oh yeah, we're definitely doing the opposite. You know, America gets mad at me when I say this is because it's, it's funny how America rewards us to be in debt. Mm -hmm. And then they penalize us for not being in debt. What do I mean? You get an 800 credit score if you have a lot of stuff on your credit report. But then you have a zero credit score if you're completely debt free like myself. And so we're teaching America to consume and to keep money flowing and to stay into debt rather than teaching them to have freedom, to have life and to be a blessing and a giver. So we have to. But you know what? Our team, Dave Ramsey, myself, Rachel Hogan, you know, we actually do have a curriculum that is out in a lot of high schools. One out of three high schools have it about about I say about 10 percent of colleges have it. Colleges are kind of tripping right now. But anyways, um, <laughs> This is something that I wish that I had when I was in high school. Because you know, my parents, I grew up in a spiritual background. My dad is a full-time pastor. They taught me everything from a spiritual perspective. High schools taught me how to read, write, add, and process information. But no one told me how to do life, how to budget. What's a debit card? What is a credit card? What is a credit score? What is wealth? What is the true definition of wealth? How do you just do the things that you just need to do, not get the things that you want to do? And so, you know, I'm on a mission, traveling the world, helping parents, strengthening their kids, and touching all millennials and just young people and helping them avoid the mistakes that I've made. All of us have made. Um, and, and I gotta say this, because I love these guys. When I seen y'all's Netflix, I went on my social media and I said, yo, all of you all need to watch this. Every, I believe every young person who's a millennial or in high school need to hear you all's message. Because if I would have heard you all's message, no, nah, I wouldn't be living in the box. But I would definitely, <laughs> be living a lot better now because of what you all are teaching. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we talk about minimalism, you talk about uh, debt and finances, but really the three of us, we have the same common goal, man. Yeah. We want people to stop, well, A, um, acting on every single impulse, yeah. and B, understanding that acting on those impulses, how uh, they can just lead us down a yeah. path that we don't want to be down. One of the things that really stands out to me in your book is how you talk about how debt is normalized. And, and, you know, these 18-year-old kids that are graduating high school, maybe they're going to college, maybe they're not, but there are corporations out there targeting people who are, for all intents and purposes, naive, who, who uh, they can take advantage of to, to um, get into massive heaps of debt and own them years and years later. So you found yourself in uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Right. Talk a little bit about, because I know 
um, we all know how to get into debt, right. but not all of us know how to get out of debt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk about how you were able to kind of dig yourself out of that hole. Yeah, so the very first thing for me was my mind. Before I can even touch anything comes when it comes to the finances, to the practical, the finances, I had to shift the way I was thinking and really understand like, hey, I don't need this stuff. I need to stop trying to impress my peers. If people don't like me for who I am, they don't need to be in my life, period. And then three, as a man, I need to be preparing myself for my family, for my future, to leave an inheritance to my children's children. So I had to shift my whole mindset to be like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing right. So that was the very first thing. Then the second thing, I had to get some practical skills. And so I literally uh, dipped Dave Ramsey's baby steps, my mentor. Um, that's how I got out of debt. You know, baby step number one, set aside $1,000 for an emergency. Then I just went into baby step number two and I just lined up my debt from smallest to largest. I got an extra job. And here's the trip. Y'all are gonna laugh. Just don't laugh too hard. Um, my very first job, can y'all guess what my very first job was? What would you, if you had to guess, what was my very first job? I mean, clearly a Calvin Klein model. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. But I, mine, mine was bagging groceries, so I'm gonna go with that. Bagging groceries, both of y'all are wrong. <laughs> I owed money. Bill collectors were calling me. My very first job was a bill collector. Yeah! Oh, that's great. I owed Citibank. I can say this. I owed Citibank, and we collected from Citibank. So I'm at the computer. Names are popping up, and I'm sweating. Please don't let my name come up. Please don't let my name come up. <laughs> so I was a bill collector, so I promise you the very first bill, thankfully, that was in my baby cell was Capital One. My very first paycheck, I paid that one off, and I walked into the world like, yeah, I'm a grown man now. What's up, man? We... <laughs> So I was a bill collector, and then at nighttime, um, I washed cars. And so I literally just started getting all that money in. I got on a budget, and I, I literally told my, my, my friends, hey, I can't go out. We live in California, so we're right next to Mexico. So you know, when you're 18, you're doing crazy stuff, you want to go to Mexico. And so I would tell them, no, we ain't going to Mexico tonight, bro. I, I got to stack this money. I got to stack this money. Bro, it's Mexico. I'm like, Mexico can wait. And uh, I just got really intense about getting out of debt because I didn't want to go back there. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to acting like I have the money when I really do not have the money. You know what I love about this is that this is very practical. It's not like this magic bullet answer. No. It sounds to me like it was, it was a lot of hard work to get out. And that's, Josh and I, we talk about that a lot, how you know, simple isn't necessarily easy. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, easy is to get into debt, to go with the flow, and then eventually you know, you end up with the waterfall and regretting it. Right. Um, but, but yes, to, to simplify your life, to get out of debt, it takes a lot of work. It takes a plan. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, anyone out there right now in this, this crowd or listening to this podcast who is struggling with finances, you've got to start with a budget. Like that on, is man. by far the number one thing. Since we're on the road with Anthony and Chris and Rachel, I've been like, you know, going over all these financial books and there's one very common thing through every book. It is start with a budget. So now um, I have like a little uh, mentoring uh, uh, side business that I have where I'll take on some, some mentoring students and stuff. And the students will come to me and they, they'll talk about their money problems. Yeah, yeah. And it might be 10 minutes into the call and I'm like, I'm happy to spend this whole hour with you. But have a budget mm -hmm. and then let's talk about your money problems Ooh. after you come up with a budget. Yeah. And it, feels like, it feels like you don't have a money problem if you have a budget problem. Right, right now you have the budget problem. Right, exactly. Yeah. Then we'll talk about the money. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's just, um, I had no idea how, uh, because I went on a budget before when I was trying to get out of debt. Right. And then, you know, as soon as I uh, was out of debt, I just kind of 
slacked off a little bit on the budget. Yeah. And after going through these books, I'm talking to Mariah because yeah. we live in LA now and it's a little bit more expensive to live in LA than Montana. Clearly. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> we were doing so much better in our finances in Montana. <laughs> now that we're living in LA, like we need to come up with a budget. So we've been doing this for the last couple months. And man, every time that I, I, I might go uh, to the corner store and want to buy like uh, sparkling water or something. Yeah. And it cost me three bucks. Right. And the thought of going in the store, paying the $3, and then going into my uh, Every Dollar app to put in the $3 that I spent, it's not worth the hassle of messing with my budget. So just having that one little tool, it just really puts your spending into perspective. Yeah, and, and to keep this in mind, I had the opportunity, uh, when y'all hit the road with Chris Hogan, he can definitely hit this one some more, but I've had the opportunity to where uh, four of my mentors are millionaires, and, and I've asked them all the same thing. How did you get there? How did you do it? What, do you, what is one tip? would you give me to be a millionaire? And none of them really knew at the time and I was connected with Dave and stuff like that. And all of them said, have a budget. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. In that same vein, we, we actually go to the other side. Instead of having a budget, we're not concerned about the budget. We're concerned about our credit score. Now, you alluded to this a moment ago. <laughs> And one of the things that you, you, uh, you, you, you said uh, in your book, you talked about the FICO score, right? I love that breakdown of and what, yeah. It's funny. We, I, was, I was doing a YouTube video and talking about um, the three people who'd be on the road with us, and I brought your book up, and I read that little excerpt in there about the FICO score, and the person who, who uh, um, commented was like, uh, this Anthony guy is clearly naive. Everyone needs to have a great credit score. I'm naive then. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they wrong? Um, well, here's the thing, man. I, I don't have a credit score, and, and this is why. It's because I said this earlier, that a credit score literally only tells you how much debt you have, how often you're paying back your debt, what kind of debt you have, what's the likelihood of you getting more debt. So when we look at a credit score, our credit score rewards us for debt, and that, it's not freedom. So if you have an 800 credit score, it just simply means you love debt. If you have a zero credit score, it means that you love cash and you're patient to buy the things with your money. And so I'm not saying that a credit score is you're just a horrible individual. For me in my house, what I believe is I'm going to pay for everything and I'm going to own everything that I have, not the banks. And so, for an example, a lot of people say, well, you have to have a credit score to buy a house. No, you don't. I just built my dream home. Um, it's a little bit bigger than what, you know, the, yeah. Anyways. Um, we don't judge, man. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> we, um, we, we don't house shame. There we go. Yes. So I built my dream home. This is a nice house. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> no, you, and you use every single piece of it, man. Don't put, don't sell yourself short. No, I mean, but no, listen, I was building my house while watching you all's uh, show. And I said, you know what? I went back to my architect, scratch it all. Let's do this thing again because I don't need a what, dining room. It's just me, bro. Do I really need a dining room? No. So, um, really, I, I did the right thing. But what I'm saying is this, I didn't need a credit score. See, my, my, there's this thing called underwriting, and what they manually will underwrite your mortgage payment, because I did finance my home. I put down 50%. I financed the other 50% for 10 years, and, and it's oh, literally a fixed rate. And so my goal is paid off in five, because I don't like debt, and that's the only thing that we say, okay, we're cool with. Um, but... I didn't need a credit score for that. Then a lot of people say, well, you need a credit score uh, for a uh, rental company. Well, I rented a car to drive up here today to come be with you all, and I did it with my debit card. 
Here's the downfall that a lot of people say without a credit score. You're gonna move slow, and absolutely right. But you know what? I don't have a problem with moving slow. I drive a car right now that's 100 and has 170,000 miles on it. It works, and it is beautiful. And whoever I get married, she's gonna have to deal with it because the engine's knocking a little bit, but it's paid for. <laughs> and at least we knocking on our front door of the house, you know? And so um, a credit score, no, it is it's not needed. I've never ran into a situation to where I couldn't get what I wanted because I didn't have a credit score. Now, are there certain people who would not finance you? Uh, absolutely. But why do you need financing if you're gonna do everything cash? All of my mentors are completely debt free. And I have mentors who are millionaires and I have mentors who are just making six figures. And I also have mentors who are pastors who are not making six figures and none of them have a credit score. But I do tell you, I can tell you this one thing that all of them have is a peace of mind in knowing that, you know what? I own every single thing that I have. And if I can't pay for it cash, I'm going to wait until I can. I love that. Uh, I think it was your. That was good. Yep. That, that was Thank you. Round of applause. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Well, what you were saying it reminds me of uh, uh, what you were talking about in the book. What your dad said: um, content people, uh, they don't have the best of things, but they do make the best of things, and it's, it's the truth, man. Well, we're here for you all tonight, so let's line up and let's uh, let's do some questions. Money and minimalism, and sort of everything in between. <laughs> We'll start over here. Thank you. Howdy. Oh, man, she ran to the mic. Well, I have a question. You, well, remind me your name. She, she was at our, our VIP event. There were folks up here that spent really good money to, to give Ryan a hug before the, before the event. Y'all didn't want to give me a hug, just Ryan? <laughs> remind me I your name. I got you. I got you. Um, I'm Haley. Haley, where are you from? I am originally from Auburn, but I've been in Birmingham for about six years now. So... Okay. Well, thanks for being here tonight. So I, don't like, I don't like football, so. Um, but, and I didn't spend my money to come here. My parents gifted this experience to me, so thank you to them for that. But my question does have to do with money. Um, so, and for all of you, um, what kind of advice do you have for someone who has student loan debt but is trying to build their own dreams. So I was recently in a position where I had a really cushy job that was in my career field, and it was cushy. I was happy. I was putting a lot of money towards my student loan debt. I was like, I can do this. I'm paying them off. I was then put in a position where I had to quit that job, unfortunately. Um, I uh, dealt with some harassment at work, and had to quit, but Sorry. it's okay. everything happens for a reason. And so that has pushed me to really think about things. And um, I am in a position where I had saved up money. I was, you know, as much money as I'm putting into my student loans, I need to build a safety net. So I do have a decent amount put back that I was gonna use to pay off my student loans. But I'm in a position now where I wanna quit building other people's dreams and I wanna build my own. So what kind of advice do you have in terms of, I'm a creative person, I'm a photographer, I have the equipment I need, how do I strike a balance between paying off my debts and building my dreams? Well, I think Anthony will probably have a much better answer than I would, but I'm just thinking about, uh, let's say you have $10,000 worth of debt, but you also have $10,000 in the bank. This is a round number. Mm -hmm. and, and 
you wouldn't do the same thing. You wouldn't, if you, had, if you were debt-free today, you wouldn't go out and borrow $10,000 just to put it in the no. bank to focus on your dreams. You'd pay off that debt <laughs> and you would untether from feeling debt-free and you would feel debt-free. I think Anthony is on board. He's, he's signaling for those of you listening at home. Yeah, I, it's funny because I had, I had a bunch of debt, uh, it's a bunch of student debt. And <laughs> this actually is probably not the best move, but, but this is how aggressive I was towards the debt. And tell, and tell uh, everyone here and at home what a bad decision this was. But I had a very small, well, when I say very small, it was about if I cleared out my 401k, I could get that 20,000 bucks to pay off that $20,000 in student debt. And I made that decision, I paid a ton of fees, but, but my point is, is that you're in a better spot than I was. You've got money that you're not gonna pay a bunch of taxes on when you, when you take out, and you could pay off that student debt. But I mean, that's how passionate I was about paying off my debt, as I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna incur more interest charges over the next you know, 10 years uh, than I'm gonna make off of this 401k, which again, probably was not the best call, but I was, I was that uh, aggressive towards attacking my debt. Yeah, so before I get to you, that was a horrible call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for y'all podcast listeners. Anyways, yeah. um, so I, I got to ask two questions. I want to make sure I just give you the practical. How old are you? Um, I'm 23. Oh, my gosh. And then, um, and then um, no, that's probably too much money. I mean, that's too, too, that's too personal, so I won't ask that question. So here's, what was the question? Well, you're bold. Okay. Um, how much money do you have in your savings? Um, about $10,000. And how much, how many student loans do you have? Um, about $15,000. Okay, cool. So let me just say this right now, um, up front. I like you. You're young. You need to take $9,000 out. Okay. Leave $1,000 in your emergency fund. Okay. $9,000 goes towards your student loans. That's going to bring you down to $6,000 left, less as far as what you have left over. And here's why. Student loans are accruing interest every single day, daily. And so what I want you to do is knock that stuff down right now so in your future, you're not paying that stuff back. You're 23 years old. You are just bright. You are, you are determined to become successful. What I also want to, I heard you say something else that I hear a lot in this young people, especially millennials. I'm tired of building somebody else's dreams. I want to build my own. You're young. <coughs> build someone else's dream right now while you're building your own. Okay. Because you need to have some income coming in to go ahead and knock off your debt, build your funds. But by the time you turn 25, you can start working full time on yours. So this is what I want to do. Give me your information before we leave. And I'm going to send you to Christy Wright's Business Boutique Seminar in Nashville, Tennessee. And she's going to show you how you can work while building your dreams from home to eventually transfer from working to building but pay off your student loans. I promise you it will be worth it because now you have $6,000. You can have that paid off by the end of this year. Yeah. You're 24, <laughs> debt-free, single. Yes, I'm The single. brothers are coming for you. <laughs> she made that loud and clear, y'all. Uh, do we have any brothers? <laughs> That would be my suggestion. I'll just add one, one thing to the, the building your dreams. Sometimes you can build your dreams... And your dreams can be can correspond with other people's dreams. There you go. Right now, I mean, I'm the most introverted person you've ever met. Mm. I spend ninety percent of my time alone. I know it doesn't seem like that because every time I'm in front of I'm in front of a crowd of people and I'm with Ryan whenever you see me, but 
it requires a team of people for us to be on yes. the same page to do what we're doing. We've got Jordan over here. One of the reasons we're working with Jordan now, he's doing all the... Uh, Jordan, yeah. Oh, wow. He is the new filmmaker on the Minimalists team. And uh, yeah, and, and what we're, one of the reasons that we decided to work with him is because he, he realized, like, I don't need all the fanciest equipment. I don't need to spend all this money in order to make something meaningful. I can go give him, you know, uh, I, well, I could give him a $100,000 camera and a $10,000 camera. It depends on what the person behind the camera is actually doing. If you gave me the $100,000 camera, you'd probably just end up with a broken camera. <laughs> uh, and, and the point is that, that you don't need... You, you, what you need right now at your age is some creative constraints. Those constraints are going to help build your creativity. And they're going to make you a better, stronger person because of it. Definitely. That's Thanks for your question. Thank you, guys. Yes. Yeah. She's single. I do want to throw in the caveat. We had a uh, we had a uh, little event before this uh, with the people who um, spent a little bit more money to sit up front. But uh, we we were talking about um, we were talking about me paying off my debt, and I just want to say, dude, like it was after I paid off all my debt that I found Total Money Makeover, and I found you and Rachel and Chris, and I wish I would have started with that recipe because, yeah, I definitely didn't have the rest, best recipe going into it paying off my debt. All right. Well, we this answered. is the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Howdy. Hello. What's your name? Annabeth. Where are you from? I, me and Haley are kind of switched. I'm from Birmingham, but I live in Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome tonight. What's your question? Um, I want to know how you can go to college with no money. Anthony? <laughs> uh, you can't go to college with no money. You can go to college without borrowing money. How do you do that? I like you. That was, yeah, yes, I was about to say, well, you got, someone got to pay. Um, so the key thing is, is it for you or is it for someone else? For me. How old are you? Well, I'm going to, I'm in college now. Okay. So I'm at Auburn, but I'm 22. 22, I'm going to cool. be a fifth year. I'm still there. Okay, great. So I'm going to give you this tip. This is what I give everyone. If you have college students in school right now, if you know anyone going to college or podcast listeners, if you're listening, here are the three things that I really want you to do right now. The very first thing for you 22 in school right now. The very first one is myscholly.com. M-Y-S-C-H-O-L-L-Y.com. The number one scholarship tool because they specialize. They're going to ask you a, a lot of personal questions. Okay. And then what they're going to do is they're going to send you this long list of scholarships and grants that are available for your age bracket, for your career field, and the, the, what's the chances of you actually getting it. The next one is a book called The Ultimate Scholarship Book. Look for the current year. That is like my secret. If you're looking for some extra scholarships, Amazon. It's like 50 bucks. You always get the digital version because if you get the digital version, then you can go in there every single year and see what's updated. Okay. Then here's the next tip. I, go, I will go to every single small business in your local community because they're always giving away scholarships. And that is so key. Go to your chamber of commerce, go to your local mom and pop shops, go somewhere that, because they got to have some write-offs. And so they're always looking to bless single mothers or you know adults who want to go back to school and better their lives or kids who are graduating from high school. And so 
I give you those three things and I say this, it works. A lot of people say, ah, oh, it's crazy. Well, here's a, here's a stat. $1.7 billion worth of scholarships and grants go away every single year, okay? And the problem is that I did the research, out of the $1.7 billion, 900 million of those are your scholarships a thousand and less. So apply for every single $501,000 scholarship. I mentor a group of kids who are, it's 100 of them every single year, 100% of them go to school debt free. And my number one student raised $88,000 just off of those three things. Wow. It's always about your determination. If you are determined to finish school debt free, it's never about the lack of your ability. It's always going to be about the lack of your determination. He was determined to get out of debt. He made a bad decision to use a 401k. <laughs> so we want that kind of determination, but we just want to make the smart decisions behind it. And grants and scholarships and working is the main three things. And here's the last tip. I'll give you it. I'm going to be quiet. Let my brothers talk. Black people, we can talk a lot. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yep. There's nothing wrong with moving slow, okay? So if you have to slow down, instead of taking four classes a semester, maybe take two classes a semester, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And it's not a matter of when you finish, it's just how you finish. The average student is graduating with $37,000 in student loan debt. If it takes you six years to be debt free compared to four years, nearly $40,000 in debt, I'm taking the extra two years. Yeah, I think that's great. I, the, I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I didn't graduate college, but I still had student debt. <laughs> so I was doing the exact opposite of what you were recommending. <laughs> Although if I were going back now, if I had a reason to go to college, I'll tell you what I would do besides all the beautiful advice you just got there is I would find someone who graduated debt-free or one of those hundred students or maybe 10 of those hundred students a year. And I would sit down with them and say, all right, tell me how you actually did it. Give me your recipe, because if I have a template, I know that I can follow that template. And with a recipe, you know, I can know I can change a few ingredients to suit my taste, but if I get enough recipes from enough people, I can build my own recipe to get through college debt-free. Yeah, the, uh, the, one of the mistakes that, uh, that Anthony talks about in his book is, is you have to have a plan. If you are going throughout your college career without a plan, then you are setting yourself up for a world of hurt when you graduate. Uh, the other thing that really helped me out, man, is the scholarship thing. That, when I was going to school, when I was going to college, that sounded like such a daunting task for me. Like uh, writing essays and questionnaires and sending emails. But after reading your book, I didn't realize, like, after you get that template, after that first template you get put together for that scholarship, you can just reuse that same template over and over. So that first, that first thing that you submit, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time to make it look nice and pretty and, and then submit it. But once you have that template, you could repeat that over and over again and bust out a ton of submissions. You know, you know, what's funny about that is I think one of the reasons it seems so daunting because it seemed, as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's why I didn't ever apply for scholarships because we think of the big scholarships. I want the $20,000 scholarship, right? And that's like trying to make the half-court shot. When you have all these layups right there in front of you, you have a $250, $500 scholarship, $700 scholarship, all these scholarships that are out there and available, you don't have to go for the, the $20,000 thing that everyone's competing for when the, there are these others out here that no one is competing for. Which I, I don't... Oh. No, this is your show. Go ahead. I was just going to make a smart-ass comment, so you go with yours. <laughs> 
Yeah, mine's won't be that. Um, uh, you know, I, which is so confusing to me because I hear that all the time. Oh, that's a lot of work. Now, wait a minute. So let's just do the math. If you apply, if you spend one hour, just one hour, and you apply for a $500 scholarship, let's say you apply for 10 of them, and you only get one in that one hour, right? You made $500. If you go to work, are you going to make $500 in one hour? So it's like, for me, what I tell kids is like, man, look at it from a different angle. Like, if you come home every single day, and you just spend an hour, hour and a half every single day, and you apply for 10 to 15 scholarships, and let's say you only get one. Let's just be real. If you don't get none that day, but then on the next day, let's say you apply every single day for five days. For five days. You're 16 years old, and you only get one scholarship out of the whole week. You made $500 in one week. Would you make $500 in a month? as a 16 year old. No, so it's always about, I say look, look at the perspective. Work hard, go after that thing. If you get told no today, you may get told yes tomorrow. But if you get no, told no, 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 then you get that one yes, it is so worth it. Especially for a 22 year old who's in college trying to better your future. Your future is so bright because you wanna get the education, but you wanna get it right. So you can graduate, get into your career field, follow what they're teaching, stack your money, get married, have some kids, and just do it right. If, if that's the path you want to take. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, are, are you question. single? Because she was single. Are you single too? I am not. You're not single. He's, he's over there. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you for your question. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right, before we move on to this next question here, Ryan, do you know what time it is? Is it time already for the lightning round? It where is. we answer questions from social media? It is indeed time <laughs> for our lightning round. So here's what we, we try to do. When, on our normal studio podcast, Anthony, what we do is we, we, someone gives us a, a, a question, and then we give them a pithy answer that we can like share in 140 characters on Twitter. But because this is a live event, what we'll do is we'll just ramble on a bit until eventually we come up with something that's tweetable. So we'll still ramble on a bit. It's time for the lightning round. If you want to follow along at home, uh, oh, I think, Lord. by the way, Jess, I think uh, she is, is tw live tweeting the event. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Lynn Williams. Yeah. Speaking of having a, a great team, she, is, uh, she uh, helps keep all of our social media look, looking beautiful. So thank you for that, Jess. I think she's live tweeting from the event. We're at The Minimalists on all the, the social medias if you want to follow along. Howdy, what's your name and what's your question? Oh, you're from Dayton. Yeah, well, I'm from Port Gibson, Mississippi now. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for making the drive from Mississippi. Thank you. Um, you're going to love my question. <laughs> okay, so how do you base buying things of value when you're in debt. Oh, sorry. How do you base buying things of value when you're in debt? For instance, I enrolled in financial peace in January. That costs money. I bought books on minimalism. Those cost money. How do you, how do you, you know, base when it's a good value when you're in debt? Sure. I mean, as long as you're buying our books, it's fine. <laughs> No, actually, it's not. In fact, I encourage people to do the opposite. I often encourage you to go to your, your local library and, and try to check out. If, if these resources are available for free, I certainly encourage you to, to take advantage of the resources when they are free. Now, Ryan and I certainly aren't against spending money. I think we all, and we're not against money either. I think it's a, it's a common misconception that, that people who have become minimalists have to live these uh, lives of poverty or monks. We're, we're, we are against the money problems. There you go. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not against, against money. I'm against money problems. 
That's, that's, I'm still in that pithy answer. There we go. You can tweet that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, all right, I'm just going to say this. This is not a judgment. This is just, it is what it is. You cannot spend your way out of debt. That is absolutely true. You know this. That's, that's a tweet. That's super tweetable. That's my, that's my pithy answer. But, but what I mean by that is, yes, um, maybe there's a class, a financial class you had to sign up for. Um, maybe there is a, a book that wasn't available at the library and, and you went and, and went and had to buy it. I mean, I'm not saying that the purchases that you have made have been totally you know, irresponsible. Um, but yes, there's a certain point where you have to come up with that budget and you have to work that budget. And yes, uh, stop buying more things that you think are going to help you get out of debt because, yes, you cannot spend your way out of debt. Yeah, that's like, um, I totally agree with that. It, it, it bothers me when I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, um, I want to learn how to get out of debt. So I bought Dave's book. I bought this book. I bought that book. I did this. I did this. Oh, I went to this seminar. I went to this thing on how to build wealth. No, no, you cannot spend your way out of debt. What you do is you have to spend your money on your debt. And then once you get out of debt, then you need to spend your money on your savings to prepare for your future. So what I would recommend is right now, you did FPU. You bought a great book. I don't mean to be rude, but stop. <laughs> and just, just get, I mean, so for an example, if you don't mind us asking, how much debt are you in? Oh, sorry, sixty-four thousand. Okay, cool. Sixty-four thousand dollars—that's a lot of money. You have a job? Cool, no, great. No. And you, you don't have a job? No. And you're buying stuff? Well, I have a husband. Oh, you have a husband. So you have a job, by the way, of your husband. I got you. Um, I'm praying for your husband. Um, so what I would recommend? Yeah, I feel so sorry for you. You trying to get out of debt? She's spending your money. Uh, what I would recommend? Both of y'all have to get on the same page. And like he said, get on a budget and just spend your money on your debt and just for a season. I've heard people in worse situations, $64,000 in a matter of two years, you can get out of that. And at you all's age bracket, man, the future is so bright from there. Just, just one more. how old we are. No, you're about, about 28, right? 30, 32? You're gonna get that hug you asked for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, I'm serious, about 30, about what, 32? I'll be 54 next week. 54? Yes. You do not look like it. Thanks. It's your jeans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, that that's that is one thing with the budget. Like, get a, you and your husband got to have a conversation, yeah. come up with a budget, and and uh, yeah, and support one another through this this way out of debt, this path out of debt. When's the last time y'all went out on a date? Tonight. <laughs> Great date. Um, I would say you get spend your money on one more thing. Go out on a date and bring a pen and paper and put your vision for you all's future on that paper and then get another piece of paper and do a budget and make sure that your vision for your life and your budget is congruent and working together. So don't go to an expensive restaurant, go to Red Lobster and buy some biscuits. <laughs> I love those Thanks, biscuits. guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna do one more money question then we're gonna move over to this microphone here in a little bit. So if you, so there are other people, I can't tell if there's a line. If you want to migrate, we'll, we'll figure it all out here on the back end. Howdy, what's your name? Where are you from? My name's Aaron. I'm from Abilene, Texas. Well, thank you for being here. So um, I guess my question, this will be a tough one, I hope. I'm not a hope. I just think it might be. So um, 
18-year-old Aaron decided it was smart to go to a private school and get a degree in youth ministry. And now I'm trying to figure out what to do with a substantial private school debt off of, you know, service industry pay. Is there something you want to do with the degree that you have earned, or have you decided that you don't want to do something with that degree? Uh, my degree is youth ministry and graphic design. And so, um, I mean, I want to be involved in ministry. I spent four years in the youth camping industry, um, teaching outdoor education. I'm a school teacher now. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, it's kind of open to where God leads me in the ministry field, but just really wanting to get rid of that debt, but also looking down being like, man, they you know, charge this to pay youth minister almost nothing. Yeah, yeah, so, so how much how much debt do you have right now? Um, I think whenever I look at all the interest and stuff on there, I'm sitting right around 100000 Okay, six figures worth of debt. And I had a 50% I tuition from my dad being a professor. Yeah, how much money are you earning right now? I'm a year. I'm as a school teacher. I'm earning in the mid 40s. Okay, okay. So, so this isn't impossible. It's not like you don't have any income, right? You, you just need more income. I can tell you one thing that I did that certainly wasn't sexy. I delivered pizzas for a while. Um, that's because Uber wasn't and Lyft weren't available at the time. I, I'm pretty sure I would have done that. Um, however, they. That was something I had to do, and, and I was I, I had a corporate job, and I was in debt. And I'm like, what am I? I need to get rid of this as soon as possible because what you're talking about right now is you want to untether from your past, and right now you're unable to untether from that past because you you may end up doing something with 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 this degree, but you're not going to do anything with the debt, right? The debt it's all a sunk cost, and you wish you wouldn't have gone into it. But we can wish all day. Now it's time we have to do something about it, right? And so when I, when I look at someone who's in your situation, uh, you don't just have a debt problem. You have a bit of an income problem. Mm-hmm. And that means you don't have to, I mean, I could live fine off of $40,000 a year. It wouldn't be in Los Angeles. Um, but I remember when I first left the corporate world uh, in Dayton, Ohio, I was more financially secure that year. I took about a 90%, about high 80%, high 80, so about 90% pay cut. I was making $23,000 a year in Dayton, Ohio, and I was more financially secure that year. But the reason being is I didn't have these heaps of debt. I, I spent all of my time attacking that debt so that I didn't have to be tethered to a life I no longer wanted to lead. Man, I... um. I'm thinking to myself, like, if because I didn't do the traditional college route. I started school at 25 years old because work paid for it. And I was like, oh, it'd be stupid not to go if work pays for it. And then two years later, they stopped paying for it. And I was like, it'd be stupid to drop out, so I'm going to rack up some debt uh, finishing school. Anyway, um, if I was 18 years old going into it, um, I would certainly, um, I, I would probably tell my thing, uh, myself things like, dude, this is, this is a college experience. It happens only once in your life. I want to make sure that I'm going to like go to the school I want to go to. I'm going to live in the place I want to live. I'm, I deserve to have all of this, this great college experience. And I think that everyone out there deserves to enjoy their college experience. But we have to be careful uh, with that, that word, deserve. Um, I know this isn't answering your question, but here's what I'll say. When we do fall into that mode and we do tell ourselves we deserve it and we spend four years racking up uh, uh, huge amounts of debt, here's my pithy answer. Spending four years of careless spending will force you into eight years of careful budgeting. Mm. 
So, so right now you're at, you're at that, you're at that point, man. Like you have made this bed that you have to land, which is okay. Like you, you, this is not undoable. You're super young and you've got many, many years ahead of you. But it, it is going to take you years to get out of this of, of careful, careful budgeting. And it's, and it is paying for that four years of careless spending that you had. But the good news is, is that yes, if you come up with a plan, you will absolutely be able to, you have to work that plan though. And it's going to be tough at first. You might have to do some Uber driving on the weekends. Uh, you might have to deliver some pizzas. I wonder what the going rate is for a pizza driver now. Probably not as much as an Uber I mean, driver. Yeah, Uber drivers make tips now too. So I mean, you, you, I was in this one, one Uber and this guy was just hustling. He was like, do you need hand sanitizer? Do you need a charger for your iPhone? Do you, here, I'm selling these little things for, you know, 50 cents or whatever. And I'm not telling you to take it to that extreme, but he was making it work. Like, and I'm like, hey man, why are you selling all this stuff? He's like, credit card debt. <laughs> Anthony, yeah, save us here. Man, you know, y'all y'all are hitting it on, man. Um, you know, I, first thing is, man, I want to commend you for for having a heart for ministry because our young people do need positive, more positive role models in the world. And and I say that because, uh, man, I went to seminary school to be a youth minister as well. And I was a youth pastor for 13 years. Um, so on the practical side, what I would tell you is do exactly what they're saying. Figure out that way and maybe look into this um, as well. Figure out how to use your degree to build your shovel. And your shovel is your income. So right now, maybe figure out, since you have a heart for youth ministry, on how to become a very well-known youth speaker. <laughs> youth speakers do make good money traveling around the world. And so if you can really figure out your message and take your message into schools, colleges, churches, that could be some extra income as a school teacher. Your shovel just went from 40000 to now maybe 80000 Instead of for it taking it for you for so long to get out, I really believe you can do it within three years if you get focused and build that shovel up. And so, Anthony, one other thing, he, he mentioned also graphic design, right? Oh, come on, man. And so so you, you've got, you've got, so it depends, maybe part of it is you, you want to speak to the youth, but speaking isn't the only way to speak, right? And, and I mean, you look now, we have Jess, or we have Jordan, or we have Podcast Sean hiding in the shadows somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Sean. Um, they're all helping us speak speak to people via these different mediums. And, and, and so one thing that you can do is, is via graphic design, via design, is communicate the way you're trying to communicate. And there are plenty of people who make additional money. I know Jordan was, is constantly Instagram hustling to, to make some more money on the side. So uh, it's and, something you can do for sure. And he ain't cheap neither. I know I got my guy in the back. I'm paying him a lot of money right now. <laughs> and Aaron, it's I, I, I agree with you, man. It probably isn't going to take eight years, but uh, but but it you know for as much time as it took you to get into that debt, it's going to take you some time to get out of it. But brother, you, you got it, man. Keep asking the right questions and work your plan. Like you will get out of it. Maybe maybe the pithy answer there is, it didn't take you a day to get into debt, and it's not going to take you a day to get out of debt. Perfect. That's the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thanks. All right, y'all. If, if you're listening to this at home, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you have a comment or a tip about money or minimalism, give us a call, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. It's my favorite part of the show. We air our favorite comments and tips, and then later we just go back and rewrite the answers and pretend they're our own. <laughs> Ryan, now, we usually... Um, <laughs> 
each week I'll all say something like, P.S., we've got, a, we've got one more question, but we have more than one question right now. And so uh, our podcast is 100% advertisement free because advertisements... Uh, Birmingham can do better than that. This, uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't just yell suck at God, me. God, they showed you. <laughs> let, let, let's try this again. This podcast is 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. You're damn right they do. That was good. And uh, so instead of uh, peddling mattresses and other things that we may not believe in, um, we ask for support from our audience. So we do something called Patreon. And we, every, every week we do something called a, a postscript episode. It's a bonus episode. We also do some monthly live streams for our Patreon supporters and a bunch of other really cool things. And Jordan's got a bunch of really cool ideas for new video creations just for our Patreon supporters. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, uh, tonight, we're going to dive into a postscript episode live in front of this audience here, and we'll get to as many questions as we can before we are dragged off the stage later tonight, but we've got some time. So let's dive into this, y'all. This would be a really good time for the folks listening to this at home, Sean, to just insert a nice snippet of that Patreon episode that we just did. And for folks at home who want to support the podcast, you can just go to theminimalists.com slash support, and you can find all of our past postscript episodes and all the, the good stuff we give all of our supporters. Thank you for giving us your support because it keeps yeah. this podcast 100% advertisement free. So grateful. And I think the one the snippet they're probably going to put in there is just you saying, you cannot afford a house. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I was going to go somewhere with that, but I won't. It's inappropriate. My suggestion as a young person um, is that I, I don't agree with investing into my future when my present is rocky. So what I want to do is get my present solid, then build on top of that. Okay? So I would say, I would say get out of debt first, stack that emergency fund, then start building for your future. Because why build for your future when you may have to spend a lot of money to sit, get out of debt right now or something happens right now? So um, that's what I highly recommend because the study shows that your age bracket in debt, we're only going to invest about maybe 2 to 3% of our income. But if we're out of debt, we're going to invest close to 10 to 15%. So you will catch up in time if you have that much freedom on your paycheck and on your income. Anyway, let's move on to our added value segment. This is where we talk about uh, something that has added value to our lives recently. We usually like to make this like city-centric when we're in a city. We didn't get a chance to enjoy your city yet. But if you have uh, tomorrow, we're going to find the best coffee shop in town. So please tweet us and let us know what the best coffee shop is. We're going to find it in the morning and we'll be there. Um, so I can't give you something local that has added value to my life unless Chipotle is local. <laughs> Um, but, um, Ryan, what has added value to your life recently outside of Birmingham? Well, I mean, since we have Anthony here, like, I've got to recommend the five mistakes you cannot afford to make in college. But here's the thing, man, is when, when I can pick up a book and I can read it in, like, three hours, like, and get some very, very valuable information out of that, um, it, that is, that's my type of book, man. It is, it is a... It is a very nice, very much, uh, very similar to like Derek Sivers' Anything You Want. It's like just a small book, a 
packed full of information. If you aren't in college, but you got like kids in college, like I would highly recommend that they read this book. Check it out from the library. You don't have to actually buy them a copy. Uh, especially you. Don't buy any more books. I'm <laughs> and, just giving you a hard time. But and, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Just jam-packed full of awesome, awesome information on how you can go to college uh, debt-free. And you can find uh, Anthony O'Neill on all the socials. He's at Anthony O'Neill on Twitter and Instagram. We'll put links to all of the, his information in the show notes as well. As far as things that have added value to my life uh, recently, we had Canyon City open the show. What did you think of uh, Paul there? Yeah. I, I accidentally stumbled across uh, his music last year, and we've become friends over the last year just because I think he's the best songwriter out right now. If you listen to the lyrics on his, his most recent album, it just came out last year. It's called Consolation. In fact, we did a podcast episode with him last time he was out in Los Angeles. He's from Nashville. And um, we did an episode about hobbies and how sometimes when we try to turn our hobby into our profession, it ruins the thing we love. So you can go back and listen to that. I think it was episode 128. But what I'd like to do tonight is have Paul come out and perform his new single, Shadows, for you all. What do you all think about that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Canyon City. Yeah. Well, hello there. Man, thank you. That's such a incredible. I, I feel like I, I have no uh, way to rise up to the, the intro that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just play your music, man. It'll speak for itself. Okay, cool. No, it's uh, I uh, seriously like these guys consistently challenge and inspire me. Uh, as do do uh, the people that come to these and uh, exhibit just in masses people that are being intentional and really doing something incredible. So I think that really ripples out in an amazing way. So thank you to the minimalists. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you to you guys. And uh, this is, uh, as Josh said, this is a song called Shadows. This is about Amazon Prime Day. Just kidding. He's really not. I heard it never rains in California. Every day just fades in yellow sunset. Maybe I should break away and drive up Cause it's been 28 years In the storm It's a good time for me to wake up I had to find my way out of a bad dream When the morning light came through the snow Like dust to my bloodstream I couldn't see it I see a trap I could hear someone say
it's time to feel the light They say a happy ending's where you leave off There's always gonna be another battle to fight And if you let the story go long enough All the heroes die I'm on blank page And I'm ready to hold I Your head up from the shadows You're almost through the night Hold out You walk through miles of darkness you stared all of your demons down It's time to feel the light now It's time to feel the light now It's time to feel the light From the shadows, you're almost through the night. Hold out. You walked through miles of darkness. You stared all of your demons Canyon City. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, the minimalists. All right, y'all, real quick, let's move on to right here, right now. This is the segment where we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. And I'm really honored that you all decided to spend this evening with us because we're trying to do something special right now. I just turned 37 a few weeks ago, and I donated my 37th birthday uh, because Ryan and I are from a place called Dayton, Ohio. It's the overdose capital of America. Um, it is one of the hungriest cities in America. In fact, the second hungriest city for families with children. If there's about a million people in the metro area, roughly 200,000 people in the city. If you go to the west side of the city, anywhere west of the, the river, there is not a single grocery store in all of Dayton, Ohio, uh, on, that, on the west side. And uh, the last one went out of business about a decade ago. So you have access to food there, but you don't have access to nutrition. You can buy Cheetos at your local liquor store, but that's not going to mean that you're 
living your best life as a nourished, healthy human being. We're trying to help out with that. So I donated my birthday. I encourage people to donate 37 bucks. So if you're listening to this at home and you want to donate $37 for my birthday instead of buying me a necktie or, or a paperweight or something, then please just go to theminimalists.com slash Dayton. We're trying to help them raise the last $100,000 we need to build that grocery store to provide food for families there. And um, I'm really grateful for you all because 100% of our profits we're making from this entire tour, Ryan and I are going to donate as well as some of our own money, $20,000 of our own money as well to the grocery. So every t everyone who bought a ticket in here tonight, you contributed in some way to help families who don't have access to good food. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And that's really what's going on right here, right now. We're on the road with Anthony and, and some other folks from uh, the Ramsey Solutions team. We're going to be in Louisville and, and uh, Nashville the next couple nights. Anthony, I want to acknowledge you and say thank you so much for being with us tonight, brother. I knew you were going to outshine us on stage too, man. I knew it. No, not at all. Y'all did that thing. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to donate as well to your birthday to Dayton, Ohio, because, yeah. Thank I you. just want Thanks, to be a man. part, man. Appreciate I love that, what y'all are doing. That's awesome. Last time, it's been almost five years since we were in Birmingham last. Hopefully it won't be five years again before we make it back here. Last time we were here, we were in a nice little coffee shop slash bookstore. Someone else was here. Uh, yes, and uh, so thank you for coming. Thank you all for, for showing up this time. Let's give it up for Iron City Theater. Yes. This is like, this is our aesthetic, man. The brick, we have so many places to take pictures with the brick wall. <laughs> yeah, randomly, if Ryan and I are walking around, we see a brick wall, we just stop and take a photo in front of it, just in case. All right, y'all, if you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for being here. Birmingham, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mary Rose Coughlin, Vernon, Connecticut. So that's happened to me several times where I've lost a great deal of money in a pocket that I gave away or tipping from the wrong pocket when I had money traveling. And I like to think that that person needed the money more than I did. So whether you say God wanted them to have it or the power of the universe knew they needed it, that person needed the money more than you did. And you're blessed to have an opportunity to share it with them. Hey, Josh, Ryan. Uh, my name's Christian, and I'm, I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio, so I'm a Midwest guy, just like you guys. Um, you know, I wanted to call and leave a comment regarding the Anxiety Podcast. There was a person that called, and I believe her name was Kat, and she talked about having issues of indecisiveness and I kind of have my, I guess it's sort of a pity response to her. And it's, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of better. Um, you know, I used to recite that every time I was feeling decisive, I had a lot of problems with that. And I, I was always trying to make things exactly the way I wanted them before I moved on to the next part. And I found that that really kept me from enjoying my life. So that's really my message to her. I, I feel like... I, it, that saying kind of helps me judge whether or not I'm 
being indecisive and whether or not uh, my OCD is getting in the way. Hey, y'all. This is Emily Stewart from Florence, South Carolina, and I wanted to share a tip. So I've been a minimalist my entire life, even as a kid, but I find myself thinking that I don't have anything to get rid of because I'm a minimalist. So I came up with a game with myself that kind of helps me to keep cleaning things out. I often shop at Trader Joe's and Aldi's and I bring my own bags, but sometimes I forget and end up having to grab the paper bags at checkout. So my new rule for myself is every time I do this, I have to fill up the paper bags with things from my home to give away or sell. So although forgetting my own bags isn't good for the environment, it turned into a great way to consistently clear out and help keep it fun for me and fresh, even though I have been a minimalist for so long. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for, and you gotta grab, oh I bet that you'll be fine without it. So tear your eyes away, or tear 